0: On this week's episode we welcome congressman van taylor congressman van taylor from the third district of texas um tell us a little about your background this is the first time we've had you on our platform
1: sure well great to be on with you appreciate the chance to talk to you uh, i'm a seventh generation texan uh, born in dallas texas and i represent Uh, Texas's third district, uh, served on active duty in the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, My first assignment as a second lieutenant was actually on the U.S.-Mexican border as part of of Joint Task Force 6. And uh, I uh, led a platoon of Marines in Iraq in 2003 and uh, served in the Texas legislature for eight years before being elected to Congress in 2018.
0: Share with us your experience with the evolution of the border crisis um, given that you've had firsthand experience, being from the Third District of Texas,
1: sure. Well, I, yeah, I'm actually one of the few members of Congress that actually has has served on the border, uh, you know, and 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 worked there. And let me just say, I, I was there last week, uh, and it's the worst I've ever seen it. Um, you know, we uh, have had ebbs and flows on our southern border. Uh, when I first came into Congress in 2019. Uh, We had a crisis on our southern border. President Trump worked very hard to secure the funding to build the wall, to develop the Remain in Mexico policy, uh, and to deport people using his Title 42 authority to deport people. And using those, he actually created the most secure border that we had had in a generation. Uh, And he handed that to President Biden who on day one, day one of his presidency, President Biden got rid of the Remain of Mexico policy, stopped building the wall and stopped deporting people. And those three decisions that President Biden implemented on the very first day of his presidency have rendered the least secure border we have seen in a generation. And just, just a few hours ago, we found out that our numbers are the number of people arrested on the Southern border by border patrol um, in the month of September, was three times higher than it has ever been before in the history of our country.
0: Define, so we, define for let me, for, let, me let, let me interrupt you.
1: Define for
0: us the meaning of the most secure border. What does that mean?
1: Well, we we look. We, President Trump had gotten it to the point where we were we were apprehending most of the people crossing. Virtually all of them were being deported. Uh, And we had a a secure border. I mean, it's it's never perfect, but it was certainly the most secure it had been in a generation. Um, And and, and President Trump worked hard to do that. I was proud to stand with him. I think he implemented the right policies, and they were effective.
0: What, What were the policies, Congressman Taylor? What were those policies?
1: Well, so first one, building a wall. Walls work. Uh, and that also sends a signal to everybody that we're trying to secure our country. And when President Biden said, I'm not going to build the wall, uh, you know, you're leaving. And, I, you know, something I saw last week as I was going along the border, I mean, you're seeing acres and acres of, of you know, 20 foot high stacks of wall materials, uh, as well as you're seeing walls that were stopped, you know, right in the middle of a field. I mean, you know, here they're building a wall and all of a sudden it stops. Like, well, where's the rest of the wall? Well, they stopped building it. What about that gate? Does that gate work? Well, it hasn't been hooked up to electric. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I mean, so so you watched the physical barrier that is effective. And actually, let me, let me give you an example. Um, when I, w- I was with the riverine patrol uh, that is paid for by the Texas taxpayers, the Department of Public Safety. And so those state troopers patrol a section of the river along in the Rio Grande, along the U.S.-Mexican border, and they look for, you know, smugglers, human trafficking, uh, uh, drug trafficking. And there was a section of border wall that was three miles long. Uh, this wall that had been built, and it wasn't a public. It wasn't wasn't built by the federal government. It was built privately. And I, I asked, I said, look, this wasn't, this is this is new. And I said, yeah, no, it was built a couple of years ago. And there was a, a cane sugar grower on the, you know, a farmer, and when he would go to burn his crops. Uh, after it burned the cane to, to replant, uh, drug smugglers would come and threaten his workers because the drug smugglers would hide drugs in his cane fields. And he would actually find, believe it or not, or you'd actually find human bodies of human trafficking victims who had been told to hide in the cane and not come out. And they literally would be burned alive uh, when he was burning his cane fields. And the farmer said, I've, I've had enough of this. Too many people have died. Too many drugs are being here. I'm tired of the threats and so he built a wall. And guess what? The drug smuggling and the human smuggling across his cane fields basically ground to a halt. Uh, It was successful. It was effective. And look, that's a small example, a three-mile section. It's like it's an 1,800-mile border, but border walls work. And where they've been implemented, you've seen 90 to 95% reductions uh, in the apprehensions along those sections of border, whether it's in California or Arizona or near El Paso where they've actually put the walls in place. So
0: let's, let's go beyond the wall of Congressman Taylor. And let's just talk about an attitude. You know, during the Trump years, there is no question people did not feel encouraged of make an attempt to come to the border because they realized they were not welcome. So they found themselves going elsewhere. So you did not have the mass flood of people coming on the board. Uh, we've seen signs where they've had these buying T-shirts that say, come, you're welcome. And some people believe that it has been the message of this administration. It was like a wink, wink. You come, we will not turn you away. Talk about that and how that could contribute to the crisis that we see today.
1: Sure. Well, I think it's important to understand that the s- south of the Rio Grande is controlled by the drug cartels. Every square inch is controlled by the cartels. And they are running drug smuggling, uh, They're uh, trafficking in uh, sex trafficking, and they're doing a human smuggling operation. And what they have done, these, these cartels, is they, they literally they advertise on television in the northern triangle, northern triangle countries, right? So El Salvador, Guatemala, uh, Honduras. they're advertising on television. They're charging between four and six, thousand dollars per person. To smuggle them from from these northern tribal countries up into Mexico and then deliver them to Border Patrol. And in fact, the the cartels ask for payment based on when they deliver a human being to Border Patrol. And so the Biden administration has turned Border Patrol from a patrol into a border processing unit. And so they just process. And who are they processing? Well, they're processing these people who are human trafficking victims. But they're also helping the cartels deliver their product because if, they, if the cartel gets it to the border patrol, border patrol will then give them a bus ticket, give them a plane ticket, take them anywhere in the country they want to go. Um, I speak decent Spanish. I spoke to several people, and they were telling me, "Hey, I want to go see my aunt uh, in Nebraska, uh, who paid the cartels to get me smuggled up here. Um, you know, I want to go see. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to go see family in Florida. I'm going to go see family in New Jersey. I'm going to go see family in Portland." Uh, so they all have a place they want to go, and they know that if they get to Border Patrol, they're going to get three hot meals, they're going to get a shower, they're going to get they're going get um, uh, medical, and they're going to get a bus ticket in a couple weeks to go wherever they want to go. And so the Biden administration, their rhetoric, President Biden's rhetoric of, I want to welcome you in and give you free health care, the, the cartels are exploiting that language to then get more people to make this dangerous journey, to pay more money at the cartels, so President Biden has has turned the Border Patrol into an extension of the, of the cartels. And furthermore, he's, he's made it easier for the cartels to prey on these people and to get them to pay money and make this dangerous journey uh, to the north.
0: You know, uh, we're joined by Congressman Van Taylor from the 3rd District of Texas. You know, Congressman Taylor, one of the things that many Americans cannot wrap themselves around. You see the bizarreness going on in New York, where they're mandating health workers, city workers, law enforcement soon to come. Uh, uh, Many corporations have tried to mandate the vaccine on Americans. Delta and Southwest Airlines said, listen, this is too divisive. We're giving up on this. No more mandates for us. It doesn't, is it sort of an irony for you to demand something like this of Americans, and yet in this processing, Uh, These migrants across our borders, there are no protocols for testing, not just for COVID-19, but any other diseases that could be coming into this country. Don't you think? And also, given the fact we just spoke with the former secretary of DHS under President Trump, Chad um, Wolf, who said... There are 400,000 in this country unaccounted for. How can you not have a process in place for COVID and anything else they may be bringing in that may threaten the very health of the American people?
1: Yeah, well, you're raising a really important point. And one of the things that shocked me uh, when I was at the uh, Border Patrol processing facility in Donna, the Donna processing facility uh, near McAllen, Texas, uh, they were telling me that when they had been testing, approximately a quarter of all the illegal aliens that they were apprehending were COVID positive, which is a shocking number. And you kind of ask yourself, well, how is that possible? The answer is, well, these people are sitting in a bus, you know, a hundred people in a bus or fifty people in a bus, and they're sitting there for hours, right? They're in a stash house. They're crammed into a stash house. You know, every square inch of the floor, people are sleeping on the floor. So these are absolutely perfect conditions to transmit COVID across. You know, all these people coming across, and then once they get in the processing facilities, they're put in rooms with their, you know, thirty, fifty. I mean, you know, I, you know, children in cages. The Democrats care about it when Trump's there, but they don't care about it when when President Biden is president. Um, and so these, uh, the the, and then and then they are they are testing virtually none of the immigrants that are being brought in, and they are not vaccinating any of them. So it's absolutely shocking. Uh, that the Biden administration say, well, if you want to fly into the country, you have to have a vaccine. But if you want to come illegally, you could be COVID positive, and we'll put you on a bus and take you anywhere you want to go.
0: So let me let me continue this this line of questioning with sure. you, Congressman Taylor. You know, we read reports where the Biden administration. in the the late night hours of just bringing illegals into this country, dropping them off in places like New York, dropping them off in places um, like Virginia, thousands of people in, in these different communities. And their response was, no, we're not dropping them off in the night. We dropped them off during the day. They were so unapologetic. Who are these people? Where are they going? What impact are they having? I mean, to me, you would think that you're talking about some third world country that has no government in place. That It's just the chaos and the insanity in this. It's just it's just mind blowing when you think about it. What is happening to America? It will change our culture. It will change us forever. Don't they yeah, understand the consequences? Right,
1: you know, again, it, through absolutely terrible decisions uh, and hubris uh, and pride. Uh, in trying to, you know, it, it has created, you know, has taken us from one of the most secure borders in American history to one of the least secure borders in American history. Um, and there's no question that the damage to American society is very real. Something we haven't talked about yet, Armstrong, is drugs. Um, it just came to light that Border Patrol has apprehended, as, as confiscated, more fentanyl this calendar year than they did the three previous calendar years combined. And what that is doing to our communities, let me just kind of step back and make this comment. We have an opioid crisis in our country. Ten years ago, we would lose 10 to 15,000 Americans to drug overdoses. Last year, 92,000 Americans died from drug overdoses. 92,000. That is more Americans that have died in all the wars that have been fought in my lifetime. I'm 49 years old. More Americans died from drug overdoses last year, in one year alone, than all the wars that have been fought in my lifetime. So that is a, a staggering statistic. And the amount of fentanyl coming across our southern border, because and like when I was on the Border Patrol, while I was down, down on the border, Border Patrol agents are like, look, they, you know, they, they used to come right up this international bridge and come right to this processing station, and I'd process them, and it was kind of simple but then but then the cartels realize wait a minute we can have them go over you know have them go to the east by 4 miles and then i've got to pick them up i've got to bus them over to the processing station and while i'm doing that they can run drugs over in the west right so the so the the human drug trafficking the human trafficking operation is helping the drug trafficking operation operate at whole new levels and so you know in 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 the Dallas area one of the sheriffs there was saying that look a, a price for a hit of fentanyl which was $50 in January, when President Biden took his oath of office, by June had dropped to $15, from $50 to $50. So the fentanyl is lowering the prices, increasing the supply, and more Americans are going to die in every community in this country. There is no part of our country that is going to escape the scourge of drugs that is coming across our southern border. It is. It is impact. And I've 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 met with families uh, that have lost loved ones uh, to fentanyl. And it isn't necessarily a 20 year old kid going to raves. Sometimes these are 40. The average, actually, the the the, the drug overdoses, the the majority age is actually 40 to 50. If you can believe that, that is the is that that is actually where most of the drug deaths are is forty to fifty years old. And I've talked to people I talked to a young woman who lost her grandmother to opioid overdoses. right? so so this is this is a very serious problem. it It spans all generations. Uh, and the Biden administration is taking a terrible set of policy choices, which is exasperating one of the most serious problems that our country faces right now. And that is this opioid crisis. he is He has made this. Terribly worse, and I, I am I am f- very afraid for the numbers that we're going to see for 2021 for the number of deaths.
0: Congressman Vantella, I cannot thank you enough for your being a guest on our platform, and thank you for your honesty and your candor and your service. And we hope to have you back in the future. We wish you the best. Thank you. Great to be with you. Our pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode.